So we have our student-led night tonight. Obviously, you can't if you haven't uh, been able to see. But uh, I want to. I wanted to be able to uh, to just introduce all of our speakers um, because this is the first time we're doing this. But we have three speakers tonight. Three, and they're all your friends. So uh, the first one is uh, a dude who. Uh, in many ways, is kind of a mini-me to me. I love this guy. He's amazing. He is the other Spider-Man in this youth group. Guys, give it up for Brandon Butler. Come on. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, how are you all doing? That was a weak answer. Okay. There we go. So... Tonight, we're going to talk about how we can get past our sin. Raise your hand if you've sinned before. If you're not raising your hand, you have just lied and you have just sinned, okay? Just pointing that out. So, who knows uh, that sin is a very bad thing? Why are most of you not raising your hand? Raise them. There we go. It is not a good thing. It can lead you down the wrong path, and we've all had experience with that. So, we all know Adam and Eve's sin, so if we could turn to Genesis 3, 6 through 7. And here we go. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good, for food was pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. And that was the very first sin. Spoiler alert. And then we have um, Cain's sin. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out onto the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Because he was jealous. Yes, he's naughty. And then we have Tower of Babel, and one sin is leading to another. It's spreading. And then here's an example of how uh, sin spreads. So imagine you're in a crowd of people, and you're carrying a bucket full of paint. That bucket represents sin. So you keep carrying that bucket everywhere, everywhere, until you trip or fall off the stage, Josh. <laughs> And you drop the bucket, what happens to the plane? It splatters. We were close, okay. So, and that paint gets on a bunch of people. Your sin doesn't just affect you, it can affect other people if you're not careful. And here's some PowerPoints I want to state out. Number one, sin is not your friend. Never has been and never will be. Because has sin helped you in the past? No. Is, does it tempt you? Yes. Every bad thing, it, it does that. Number two, you don't have to hide your sin because eventually it comes to light and God sees it. So you're not really hiding anything. So what is one time that you uh, did something bad? And found out. Keegan? Cheated on a test. Cheater. <laughs> He's sin already for me. 
Uh, Anthony? Cheaters all around. Do we have anyone else who would like to share? Yes. That is a big sin right there. Okay. Uh, you in the back. I'm not going to question how that happened, but that's hilarious. It's hilarious. What the squirrel ever do for you? Quiet. So, I'd like to list some steps on how we can get past our sin together. Number one, confess what you did was wrong. You can confess to God or your family. They're always there for you. Number two is you can repent, and repent means you turn away from that thing for the better. In this case, turn away from what you did and turn to God to ask for forgiveness. And who here has felt guilty after they have sinned? Again, barely any hand raises. Yes, all around. Can you say, como estas? Yes, don't be like Dora, okay? So, something important you want to think about is God doesn't remember your sin, so neither should you. You don't have to have any worry about it. And it says in Isaiah 43:25, I, even I, am he who bolts out our transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. So he doesn't care what happened. It's gone. Dunzo. Okay? Yes, diminished. And if you are dealing with sin and you need to share, look for people who have been in that type of situation before because they know your situation and they've been where you've been. And that is the end of my sermon. So this, uh, this next speaker that we have, uh, super, super excited about. Uh, she actually came up to me right after the last student-led service that we had, and she said, hey, um, when do I get to preach? <laughs> and I was like, soon, young Padawan, soon. No, uh, so everybody, I want you guys to give it up for Miss Lexi. She's going to come up and bring a great word. Come on. There you go. Hi, like you said, I'm Lexi. Um, hi, Mom. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about selfishness today because it's really been on my heart lately. Um, one second here. Um, so I wanted to start with a story about when I was about, I think, seven. I really liked ice cream because who doesn't? And I like to put cherries on my ice cream. When, one day, my dad asked for my cherry, and I said no because I was seven. Later, I found out that he was going to give me two cherries if I had said yes and wasn't selfish. God is kind of like that. When we are selfless, he rewards us. Um, that's my first point if any of you are taking notes. And then in 
James 3.16, it says, I'm just going to look up there. Um, Whenever you find jealousy and fighting, there will be trouble and every other kind of wrongdoing. In another version, it also says that instead of fighting, it says jealousy and selfishness. Um, We have to, when we find evil, which is wrongdoing, we find the devil, and we don't want the devil to be near us. Um, We also, it's not all our fault because we live in a selfish world. It's always been a selfish world, and there's nothing we can do about that. It's been a selfish world since Jesus was alive. And it says in Luke 10, 30 um, through 34, it's the story of the Good Samaritan, which most of you have heard of. It says, in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by the other side. So to a Levite, when he came, he passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was and saw him. He took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine, then put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Later in this passage, it says in Luke 30, 37, go and do likewise. Um, we need to be like the Samaritan who helped him and not be selfish with our time and equipment, and we need to help others. Um, we also need to be intentional about being selfless. When we aren't intentional because we're human, we go back to our selfish ways. Also, when we're selfish, it hurts those around us. So you keep hearing me talk about this. It's bad to be selfish. Don't be selfish. But do we really know what selfish is? The definition of selfish is when a person lacks compassion of others. And in Philippians 2.4, it says... um, Do not always be thinking about your own plans only. Be happy to know what other people are doing. And I know that sounds kind of out of the blue, but pride leads to selfishness. And if we're prideful about our interests and only talking about ourselves, then we are not thinking about others. And we can't just expect it to go away by trying to do... um, by reading your Bible and praying, because you have to be intentional about it, like I said earlier. And if nothing else, I want to leave you guys with the fact that it's not that saying no is a bad thing. Like, you can't always just say, yes, it needs to be about you. It's okay to say no. Um, And selfishness is about the heart. In Corinthians 13.4, It says, love does not give up, love is kind, love is not jealous, love does not put itself up as being important, love has no pride. So putting itself up as being important, the same thing as selfish, and we need love and we thrive on love.
So to have love, we can't be selfish. Last one that we have is actually our oldest speaker, um, and it's not me, so there's that. <laughs> Thank you. One person who says that, Brandon. Um, anyway, no, I'm really, really excited uh, about uh, this next speaker that we have. He's our third speaker. He's going to close it out. He's the amazing drummer that we have in our youth worship band. Everybody give it up for the amazing Ethan Brinkerhoff. Come on. Get up for Ethan, man. So good. There you go, dude. Why, hello, everybody. I would ask how you are, but Brandon already asked that, so I'm not going to ask because you're probably the same. Uh, so it's funny that Lexi talked about selfishness because actually I wasn't going to talk about selfishness, don't worry. But what I was going to talk about and still am going to talk about is um, this thing of like spiritual gifts and how we've all been given a gift by God and specifically that it's not about you. So, like, I want to start with a story from uh, my first youth camp. It was a couple years back, and, yeah, I know. I, Josh said I'm old, okay? I'm 16. I'm not old. Okay, anyway, so at <laughs> my first youth camp a couple years back, um, it was a time of worship. Like, we were all uh, sensing God's presence, and this guy that I had no idea who he was, he approaches me. And uh, he was like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking like, why does this guy want to talk to me? Like, I have no idea who he is, like, kind of creepy. So, so he takes me aside and he's like, hey man, I just feel like God wants me to tell you that you have a gift inside of you, but you're not using it to its full potential. And that really hit me because at the time, I had just recently started drumming for this youth group. And I knew exactly what he meant by I wasn't using it to my full potential because every time I would get up there, it wouldn't be, all right, I'm ready to praise God or all right, I'm ready to bring people to Jesus. It was like, all right, let's see how good I can do. Let's see how much I can improve. And so when I came back from that camp, I really made a concerted effort to like make it about God, to really ask him to come into the time and really not make it about me. And I really noticed a change in the atmosphere. I really noticed a change in the way I thought about worship and the way I thought about drumming. And it became less of a uh, competition in a sense and more of a just like worshiping him. And so that was really good. And um, yeah, so that's that. And um, sorry, I'm kind of disorganized. But, yeah, um, so in Colossians 3.23, it says, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. And I think that really applies in this scenario because, like, when you're working for people, when you're doing it for people, you're chasing their attention, you're chasing their praise, and you get nothing out of it in the long run. But when you work for God, you really, like, grow closer in your relationship. You really start to gain wisdom and you start to gain knowledge. So I thought that was really good. And uh, in Matthew 6, verse 1, it says, watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. And that's truly what I did. I spent so long just doing this, this good deed, this service, just to be admired. You know, I did it so that the 
the old grandma that sits in the corner would come up to me and say, oh, you're so good. And that's, that's not what it's about, you know. It's about leading others to worship. It's about leading others to his presence because that's where the change happens. And so I was just really impacted by that. And then Isaiah 12, 4 says, In that wonderful day you will sing, Thank the Lord, praise his name, tell the nations what he has done. Let them know how mighty he is. And I think, like, when you're using your gift, whatever it is, whether it's singing, whether it's music-related at all, whether it's photography, whatever it might be, um, I lost my train of thought. But, yeah, whatever it might be, like, if you're doing it for people's praise, you are literally taking away praise from God. You're literally saying, oh, look how great I am. Look how great I am. Praise me. But it says, thank the Lord, praise his name. Tell the nations what he has done and let them know how mighty he is. It doesn't say make other people praise you, make other people thank you. Tell the nations how great you are because of me. It says tell them how mighty he is. And so that's just kind of what God put on my heart. Just this thing of like, whatever you do, don't do it for yourselves. Do it for him. And that's about all I had. So thank you.